0: It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, here's your host. J.T. DeBolt. DeBolt. Hello my friends, JT DeBolt's with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday morning, kicking things off to talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living the high performance, high altitude life. And as always, the High Altitude Mentorship Show is brought to you by FlyWithJT.com. That is FlyWithJT.com where you can access my 52-week audio course called the Weekly Momentum Shift where every single week, I will send you an MP3 quality audio directly into your email inbox. You can download it, upload it, crossload it, whatever load it you want to, into <laughs> your MP3 player, listen to it at the gym, listen to it at work, listen to it in the car, and really give yourself that strategy, the mindset, the ability to take the action, have the mental toughness to follow through on whatever your mission is in life. And you can access all 52 weeks by going to flywithjt.com. That's flywithjt.com, and of course, stay connected to everything we're doing in the high-altitude community. You know, leadership is a very interesting dynamic because at its very core, we have to be the kind of person that the people that we lead follow. We have to be the kind of person that they turn to and say, that is my leader. That's the person that I can turn to. That's the person I can trust. Trust is perhaps the most precious currency in the world. You can't buy it. You can't exchange it. Almost anyone can get it, and literally everyone can lose it. It's very difficult to acquire and extremely easy to lose. It's that wicked, fickle, two-faced monster, right? Or so it seems. But really, trust is it's a, it's a human dynamic. And one could even argue that it's it's part of the whole animal kingdom. An animal learns to trust its environments. It learns to trust itself. It learns to trust maybe even its partners in the pack or in the flock. But it's definitely part of the human experience. We trust things every day. Sometimes we trust prices. We just walk into a grocery store, we grab that carton of milk or that, that loaf of bread, and we pay whatever the price says on it. We don't really think about what that price means. We just sort of trust. When we drive down the street, we're trusting other drivers. How many times have you done this? You're driving down a freeway, a two-lane freeway or a highway. Other cars coming at you 55, 60 miles an hour. You pass them at 55, 60 miles an hour. That close rate is 110 to 120 miles an hour. You're separated by mere inches. Talk about trust. You don't even know the person. In fact... Odds are you'll never meet that person alone, let alone you don't know them. So it's crazy to think that we can trust other drivers, people we don't know, people we've never even met. We trust pilots to fly us when we fly internationally or fly domestically. We trust taxi drivers to get us there, Uber drivers. We trust ship drivers, and we trust the engineers of the, of the trains that we ride on. We trust utility companies. We trust all different kinds of people. Trust is a key piece of the fabric of our society. How we do business is based on trust. We give our money to companies, organizations, or individuals that we trust, and that means if we're business leaders, we have to be in a position to earn that trust from other folks. So a big question I want to ask you today, I want you to consider this, is how much do you trust yourself? How much trust do you put in yourself to make the right decisions in your business or your life? How much trust do you put in yourself to be able to make an investment, to be able to make the hard choice? Self-trust is as important as any trust. It's just as important to trust ourselves as it is to trust the people that we do business with or the people that we associate with. On the flip side, it's not the responsibility of other people our customers, our clients, whatever, to trust us. It's not their job. We don't have to tell them, hey, listen, just by doing business with us, you have to trust us. Just by working with us or being an employee, you have to trust us. We have to earn that trust. It doesn't work where we enforce it on other people. And that's why it's such a challenge. It's one of the most important challenges as a leader. Because some people, we may have a position of leadership, and some people may just naturally follow our leadership because they have to but they don't have to trust us. So you could have somebody working for you on the lowest levels of your company or your organization, and because you are the CEO or you're in the C-suite, they have no choice but to follow your direction. It doesn't mean they trust you. But wouldn't it be nice if they did? Wouldn't it be amazing if we built a culture of trust? I want to talk today about what it takes to develop trust I want to give you five key components of really what makes up trust and then four ways that you can begin establishing that trust, not just with other people, but also with yourself. We have a responsibility as leaders to create a culture of trust, to create an environment where not just we're trusted, but where everybody who's involved on our teams feels that they also can be trusted, that they have an opportunity to contribute, that they can trust In us that when they give an offering of an input an idea a suggestion or even a critique that we're going to take it on board that we're not going to allow our egos to destroy that contribution we have to develop a place where people feel safe they feel secure they have a sense of certainty about what they do so that they show up each and every day and they can deliver their best without looking over their shoulder without having that sense of can I trust you, can I trust this organization, can I trust this environment. Trust is interesting. As I had mentioned a moment ago, there's really five components. And we can even use the word trust as a mnemonic to remind ourselves. The T in trust stands for track record. So if we have a track record of being excellent, if we set high standards, if we show up to those high standards and we have a behavior pattern that demonstrates that we ad- we adhere to our values, our vision, our mission, and our why, then we can quickly establish trust with people. They say, okay, this is somebody who's predictable. Their behavior is predictable. Because if you've got somebody who constantly flies off the handle, if you've got somebody who loses their temper, if you've got somebody who's always late, if you've got somebody who you suspect might be cooking the books, that kind of a track record." establishes the opposite of trust it establishes distrust on the other hand if we're somebody who shows up and exemplifies excellence personal excellence as well as organizational excellence if we're the kind of person that carries ourselves with an esteem and a self-respect and we extend that esteem and, and respect to others we can develop trust very quickly and more importantly we can develop the kind of trust that sticks So track record's very important. People are looking at your track record. They're looking at your history. They want to see the body of work. It's not just the one-hit wonder that says, hey, I'm capable of success. You know, we had this huge product launch or we had this huge, uh, you know, initiative that we put forth and it was a win. The question is, what do you do next? And by the way, the same goes for a defeat. Maybe the product launch is a flop. Maybe that new initiative doesn't work. Maybe there's something that you're trying to get across to your employees, your customers, your clients, even to your family, and for whatever reason, it's not sticking. The question isn't what happens when you lose. The question is what do you do next? How do you follow up a defeat? How do you de- follow up a victory? That type of a track record tells everything to other, other people. It tells them exactly what your character is all about. It allows them to take a bigger, deeper snapshot into who you are at your core. Now, the R in trust is reputation. This is different than track record because your track record is your behavior. It's the actions you take. Your reputation is how other people perceive you. And contrary to the popular saying, the reality is not perception. Perception is not reality. You can perceive things, but if we go into it with our eyes closed if we've got the wool pulled over our eyes and we keep our heads buried in the sand, we're not really seeing reality. We're seeing what we want to see. That's not reality. We can argue it and say, well, that's my reality. But the simple fact of the matter is, if we have a great reputation, that might be because we have an awesome track record. If, on the other hand, we have a lousy reputation, our track record matters not. You could be the top salesperson in the world, but if you have a lousy reputation, people will not trust you. They'll wonder, did you make those sales... With scruples, did you make those sales with character and values, or did you have to get one over on somebody? Did you become the industry leader by screwing people over, by cutting corners? Your track record might be awesome, but if your reputation is not, then the trust is broken. It's very difficult to get past a bad reputation. On the flip side, if you have an awesome reputation but a lousy track record... People will often give you a second chance. They may say, you know what, this person has potential. This person has strong character. They have integrity. They live and they lead with values. Let's give them a chance to get a win. It's very interesting how track record and reputation are related, and yet the two are very supportive of one another. Or (laughs) or they can destroy one another. A bad reputation can destroy a stellar track record. A not-so-great track record won't necessarily destroy a good reputation. In some cases that good reputation can pull up a track record. And so it's important to understand that your results are not always the thing that people buy. We see this a lot in marketing. Let me show you my results. The person might be a complete jerk. They might be an utter disappointment in life, but because they've got great results, everybody lauds them. Everybody says, wow, they've made so much money, never mind the fact that they're not a very, uh, you know, unsavory, or that they are an unsavory character. We're fine with that, as long as they make a lot of money. We see this all the time. We glorify results. And this is one big reason why I say don't obsess over results, obsess over the process that it takes to get to the results. Because the process is tough, and you'll see things about people's character. You'll see whether or not their reputation is earned, Are they a person that hangs in there when the going gets tough? Or are they somebody who takes a corner, you know, cuts a corner, makes excuses, points the finger of blame? Your reputation and your track record are very closely related, and they can either support one another or destroy one another. Now, the you in trust is understanding. And what this means is how well others can understand you. If you're a person of principle, if you're a person of values, if you're a person who has a strong vision and a strong connection to your mission and you can help other people understand that, meaning you can articulate it and communicate it in a way and engage people with it, they will trust you. If, on the other hand, they get the sense that you're holding something back, that you're hiding something, that you're only telling part of the story, it becomes difficult to understand what you're all about. There's a part that creates confusion and the confused mind never buys. We're not just talking about a sale. We're talking about somebody buying into your message, buying into you, buying into whether or not they should follow you. And so their ability to understand you, their ability to understand your mission, their ability to understand your message, whatever it is that you're here to, quote, sell them, it's extremely important that they can understand it. You've got to be simple. You've got to be poised. You've got to be succinct you got to have all that total package in place, and that's why, as leaders, building trust is not just about being in a place of position. It's not just about showing up with great results. It's about also being a person that people can understand and get behind. The people say, you know what, I, I think I get this person. I don't have to know everything about them. I don't have to know their entire story, but I can understand where they're coming from, and I can understand where they're going, and I want to be a part of that. The S in trust is service. What this means is that if we do what we do from a place of service, not from a place of servitude, mind you, but from a place of service, then people can trust that. Because then it means we're not out for the almighty dollar or we're not out for our own personal gain. And I've got to tell you, this is one of the most transparent things in the world. It's like wearing a you know, plastic wrap suit. People can see straight through it, saran wrap You know, it's like being wrapped in that plastic wrap that you put on top of a dish. The most important thing when we come from a place of service is we're demonstrating through our actions, not just our words, but also the intent of our actions. We're demonstrating that we're coming from a place of wanting to truly help other people. Whether through our leadership, we're leading them to a new place. Through our products and services, we're helping them with a problem or a pain or simply because we just ultimately care about other people, that effervesces through every single part of us. Service is a huge part of earning trust, whereas on the other hand, if we're in it for ourselves, if we're transactional, if we're not in it to build relationships, if we're not in it to help other people, people can read that, they can feel it, they can sniff it out. And so when we present ourselves with a posture of service, that's where we really begin to develop trust as well. And finally, That final T in trust is temperament. And I sort of alluded to this a moment ago. Think about this. If you've got a person in a position of leadership and they're constantly throwing tirades, constantly losing their temper, blowing up at the smallest thing or treating people with disrespect, is that the kind of temperament that breeds trust? On the other side, if somebody's always happy, always positive, allows everything to kind of go roll off their shoulders, never seems to get upset about much, and seems to be friendly with everybody. Do you trust that person as well? Now, depending on your perspective from life, you may say no to both of those. So perhaps we want to be right down the center. We want to be somewhere in the middle. Our temperament is one of self-confidence, of poise. Our temperament is one of self-control. We don't lose our temper, and if we do, we apologize. We accept responsibility. Our temperament is one of self-belief, but it's also one that is compassionate, that understands that our view is not the only one. As leaders, we have to realize that we have a strong view, we believe in it, we stand by it, and there will be people that will not necessarily buy in. Building trust, in order for us to build trust, we have to realize that people are judging us by the way we behave, our temperament, on a daily basis. And so... These five elements of trust are extremely important to remember as a leader. Your track record, your reputation, which is different than your track record, the understanding that people have of you, how readily they can understand you, how understandable you are with the way you speak and the way you present yourself, the manner in which you come from a place of service, and, of course, your temperament. Now, that's all fine and dandy. But how do we go about creating the trust? Now that we understand how these five elements work, how do we employ them? How do we put them to work for us? And how can we start creating better trust, not just with others, but also trust with ourselves? Well, number one is to be authentic. This is challenging at times. And frankly, this word has been a little bit overused. We think authentic means all kinds of different things. Authentic means being transparent. Authentic means being vulnerable. Authentic means all these things, but really when we get down to the nuts and bolts of it, authentic means being real. It means stripping away all the varnish, taking away all the different layers of stuff we want people to see and giving them the truth. Animals can sense fear, and so can customers. So can employees. So can members of the board. When we believe in ourself and we believe in our mission, we come from a place of authenticity. We're not just sort of doing a song and dance. We're not faking it until we make it. Instead, no, we're coming from a place of authentic belief in what we do. We come in authentic belief in how we do it. We come from a place of authentic belief in the mission itself, but also the people for whom we are accomplishing the mission, carrying the mission out. So, the best way to establish trust is to come from a place of authenticity. Be the real you. Don't try to be a carbon copy manufactured version of somebody else. Sure, you can read lots of books and study great leaders, but you have to find your rhythm. You have to sort of find the way you carry yourself, the way you behave. And that's what people follow. They follow authenticity. The next way to build trust is to respect it. Because just because we're in a, in a position of authority, a position of leadership doesn't mean that we're immune to losing trust. People aren't just going to naturally trust us because of who we are. We have to respect them. We have to respect our position. We have to respect what we do. We have to respect ourselves. I believe that respect is the key first ingredient. If you were to look at the label on a box of trust, that first ingredient is respect. Because when we demonstrate respect for other people, Especially the people we don't necessarily agree with, but if we can disrespect or if we can respectfully disagree with them, if we can come from a place where we actually demonstrate that respect, that shows we have self-respect. And when a person has self-respect, they're easier to trust. It's easier easier for us to understand them. It's easier for us to buy into their reputation. It's easier for us to say, you know what? If they have respect for themselves, their track record should stand alone we get the sense that they have that sense of service about them. And their temperament's probably such that because they respect themselves, they respect others, they're probably somebody that we don't have to worry about blowing our faces off with an emotional tirade. They have the self-control to stay in control of the situation and themselves. That's respect at its finest. Then we have to be consistent. In order to establish trust, we have to be consistent. As I kind of alluded to a moment ago, you could be a one-hit wonder. You could have that big launch. You could have that big success. The question is, what are you going to do next? Your track record will show that. But what's interesting about it is, if you're somebody who's always smiling when the sun's out, what, are you, what can we expect from you when the rain's falling? What can we expect from you when the roof is leaking? What can we expect from you when the sale doesn't go through even though the client promised? It's about consistency. It's about knowing we're going to get the same person in victory as we do in defeat. It's about knowing that the person that we're speaking to, this leader, has our back no matter how good or how bad things get. That level of consistency in the demeanor, the consistency in the behavior, the consistency in the words, the actions, and the adherence to the values and the vision and the mission and the why of the company or the organization is everything when it comes to building trust especially in leadership. And finally, it's about owning it. It's about taking full responsibility, 100% responsibility, for everything that we have under our control, and even some of the things we don't. Can you control the stock market? No. Can you control the weather? No. Can you control the government? Can you control what other people do? No. But what you can control is how you take responsibility for your actions, for your part in in that particular role. And what's interesting to me is I see some of the best leaders in the world. They're not necessarily people leading the big corporations or organizations. The best leaders I know of are the people that take 100% full responsibility. When things don't go well, they say, listen, as a leader, I know I can turn this around, and we will. When there's a victory, they hand that, that victory over. They give that credit where credit's due. But what's very exciting is whether it's a solopreneur or an executive at the highest levels of some of the biggest companies, they take full responsibility and say, it is my task to lead. It is my task to take this company, this organization, this project, and move it forward to success. Whatever it takes, I will make it happen. And if anything steps in my way, if anything trips me up, I will take responsibility for that and get past it, go through it, and become stronger and better as a result of it. Building trust comes down to those four things, being authentic, respecting it, being consistent, and taking ownership, taking responsibility. Trust really has those five components, your track record, your your reputation, how well you're understood, your place of service, and, of course, your temperament. And when you combine those and, and you bring them together, and you make it a part of your daily action and your daily behavior, people begin to trust you more. And as they do, your leadership grows. And more importantly, so does your influence, so does your impact. We'll talk about influence and impact in a future podcast, but for right now, understand that trust is perhaps the single most precious currency in the world, especially in business, but certainly in life. Become a more trustworthy leader. Use trust to become a better leader and help your people succeed and go further in their businesses, their careers, and their lives. And you will have that impact, and it will be an amazing thing. So get after it today and every single day. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show each and every single Wednesday. Looking forward to doing it again next week. Get yourself over to flywithjt.com and access my 52-week audio course called The Weekly Momentum Shift. And remember... No matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll talk to you next week.